Hello and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, brought to you by Roast House Pub, one of Frederick's finest craft beer and culinary destinations, where great people come to drink amazing beer. Visit them to track their taps and menu at roasthousepub.com, or download the digital pour app to track what's on tap. Hello, I'm your host Chris Sands. This episode was recorded in the tap room at Sapwood Cellars, located in Columbia, Maryland, so you will hear a lot more background noise than usual. Our guest this week is Megan Stone. Some of you may know her as Is Beer Carb on Instagram. Megan is also a professional brewer with an impressive resume. In addition to our normal discussion of how our guest got into the craft beer industry, Megan talks about the sexism and harassment she has experienced online and in the workplace. Due to that, this episode contains a little more explicit language than normal. We kicked off the interview with Megan talking about how she became a brewer. Um, it's, it's kind of a funny story. So I originally started doing hair, um, <laughs> if you can't tell, um, several years ago. And then just didn't really have much of an interest in it as a job so much um, and kind of wanted to get into film and like more of the creative side, like special effects makeup. So sort of like beauty is involved in creativity. Um, But, and I was going to start apprenticing at a place in Baltimore, but my ex is military and got orders in Delaware. I was working at a craft beer centric restaurant at the time called Beeriteca. And they had 24 rotating um, taps a bunch of bottles and cans and is I that just, in Baltimore yeah okay. and I just got obsessed with like trying everything that um like came through and I mean once my ex got or- orders at Delaware it was like I really had a few options I could work at like I mean the biggest industries there were like chicken farming uh, the military or dogfish head and so I think you made the right <laughs> choice yeah me too I've never worked at a chicken farm but it seems like it would be a miserable experience it doesn't smell great even from the road so <laughs> I can't I can't imagine um but yeah I uh one of the guys who uh, used to work at Pierteca ended up working at dogfish head so I kind of got an interview with him and they liked me and they hired me and I was a seasonal server and part of my orientation was doing a brewery tour and I kind of was obsessed after that and decided like I want to brew and so were you at the Rehoboth Beach yeah okay okay so I spent the whole summer um I actually lived closer to the brewery so I spent a lot of time there um and I spent the whole summer like kind of learning how to homebrew with one of the tour guides there named Kevin and um Kevin also invited me onto his team so basically um in a nutshell, they have a competition between coworkers, and there's four people. One has to be a brewer, and then you present it to your coworkers, and they rate it. Um, so that's how I actually brewed my first beer was at Dogfish Head in a competition. Um, I don't want to take any credit for it because I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> oh, so you you hadn't even home brewed no. before then? Okay. No, and uh, I like they still make fun of me. I still make fun of myself to this day because I was wearing like short shorts and like a crop top and like suede western booties. <laughs> Well, that's a that's a pretty cool first brewing experience. Though, yeah, it's been a, a conversation in the last few ep- episodes we had where um, I think almost everyone we've talked to lately who got their start as a home brewer talks about how horrible the first batch was. So I've been trying to find someone who says that their first batch of beer they brewed was great. So was that one great? It was good. It was honestly, I would say it was a little oxidized, but. <laughs> For the most part, it was good. It was a like an imperial hoppy red. We named it Hop Pockets. Um, 
just a joke about my short shorts that I wore that day. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I had a really great first brewing experience and I mean, Dogfish Head was an incredible place to work for. Like those people are like, st- I still consider them my family, even though I was there for about seven or eight months. Um, and during that time, I got an internship at Miss Pillion River. I don't know if you're familiar with them. but I've heard, yeah. I've heard, I don't think I've ever had beer from them, but I've heard the name before. They're really small, but they make they make some killer beer, and those guys are awesome. Um, I definitely, like, still consider them my family, too. Like, them and Dogfish Head are, like, my OG brew family, and so I always visit them when I'm back in town. But have, have you been back to the brew pub since they remodeled? Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it it's yeah not even close to similar to what it was but it's really yeah. nice not weird in a and bad way yeah but oh yeah i'm sure if you spent time working there it would be like wow this is not where i used to work mm-hmm. i the servers there are amazing because i just remember i went there with my family when my youngest was like one year old or something she was freaking out she did not want to be there i think she was just really hungry and our waiter came over and offered his phone, like with Netflix already playing with a with a video that his son likes, uh, saying like, "Here, will this help?" So like, all wow, these people here are amazing. Yeah, they're <laughs> just great people. They really like make you feel welcome. So I miss them for sure. But I, I mean, after living in California, I can't, <laughs> I can't go back to Delaware. Um, but yeah, my ex ended up getting orders again. So. Unfortunately, I had to leave my um, my internship at Miss Billion, and we ended up in Temecula, California. So, I mean, a lot of people don't know where that is. It's the best way to describe it, I guess, would be like an hour north of San Diego and like inland, not on the coast. Yeah, I've actually been there. Okay. My um, my wife's uh, cousins live in Marietta. Okay. So one of the last times we were there visiting them, he took me around to about 15 breweries in mm-hmm. Temecula. Yeah, there's a bunch there. Um, I worked for Refuge and. Um, the great thing about me working there, I, that's, so I had this really skewed, um, view of what it was to be a brewing apprentice when I got to Miss Fillion, cause they were like, my second day was like, oh, you're going to brew this Belgian quad on our pilot system. And I got to refuge and I was like, cool. So like, am I brewing today? And they're like, um, you're going to wash kegs for like eight plus hours. <laughs> so you're going to do what we don't want to do. Yeah. So like a traditional brewing apprenticeship um, or whatever, uh, the sort of like entrance to that sort of realm. Um, I started washing kegs for eight plus hours a day and then canning and um, then complained enough to where they put me (laughs) on the brew stand. And, um, but it was cool because I wore a lot of hats. So like I got to drive like a truck full of our cans and kegs down the street to the, the trucks that take it to our distributor. And I got to go literally pick blood oranges from the inside of like a oh, blood orange cool. tree. Yeah. So, um, I learned quite a bit there and, um, spent about a year and a half there. Um, had some really great mentors there. Like, um, my buddy, John, who's now in, um, at June Lake in Mammoth. And then um, from Refuge, I went to McKellar for about a year. Um, Again, like wore several hats, was brewing, cellaring, training people, um, and then went from McKellar to Modern Times for a year and a half and then came back here. (laughs) I feel like when I was touring all the brews in Temecula, there was a common theme where Almost every single one of them, the one of the, at least one of the founders was an executive at some large Silicon Valley company that was fronting the money for it. And then the brewmaster was from some huge brewery nearby that I think like 
60% of the places I went to told that story. Oh, I'm not sure. Um, I thought you were going to say that they were all in business parks. Cause oh, yeah. Well, I mean, they were definitely in business parks. <laughs> that's what I was really disappointed with. Because it, And it's like a five-mile radius where they all exist, mm-hmm. too. So are the, is there still as high of a concentration? Have they had any kind of... Uh, me like reaching too many or is there's actually more um and at first the i mean temecula is a wine like wine country and it's like has gorgeous wineries um so at first i think they were a little they they weren't very welcoming to the beer scene and then i think once they realized that like oh hey like this is sort of another like i don't know for for like a different type of people then they sort of started welcoming it. That people were it was getting popular. People were catching on. Like drawing different types Ballast of tourists. Ballast Point came in, and then like I think that Stone was talking about um, possibly opening up a location there. I'm not sure. That's just a rumor I heard. But yeah, I think they realized that it was like you know people were into it, so they started welcoming it. I remember somebody coming by and being like, "Oh yeah, like Temecula Craft Beer Week," and I was like, "Oh cool, so now you like us." <laughs> <laughs> um, Is there are there other areas where there's that large of a concentration? Because it's not like a big city right it's more of like a really. su- suburb yeah um, so is it unique like that or are there other places in the area that have just as many because I, I know as a whole california has tons i mean you have that like you have that bit in like temecula and even a little bit into marietta and i think you don't hit a lot more until you get down to i don't know san marcos escondido kind of area vista and then um, which is like North County, San Diego, or unless you go north and you go to like Riverside. Um, but I don't even think they're in that dense of an area. Was it, is there a place named Lone Star? Not that I recall. It's probably not that. There, there was one brewery I went to, I remember it had, um, I, don't, I don't remember what style it was, but it was jalapeno. And it was so delicious because it didn't have any of the heat. It was just the jalapeno flavor. And I hate heat beers because mm-hmm. I don't want to drink spicy things um, but I love the flavor of jalapeno I wish I could remember the name of the place and they had a cool like the the tap room was super cool looking too and it doesn't sound familiar to me it could have been a newer place oh you might be thinking of um, um, Iron Iron Fire it was like kind of western yes yeah. I was way They're off really on the small. name but yeah that that is it do they still exist? Yeah. Okay. Actually, they're one of my favorites. I think, like, when I lived there, I really liked Refuge, and then I also really liked Iron Fire. They were, like, the best, in my opinion. Um, yeah, that was the, and it was very Western-ish looking yeah. thing. It was, like, a lot of skull, mm-hmm. skull motif type yeah. things. And, yeah. <laughs> they opened up but, a second location, actually, like, on the main, in the main downtown area. Um, but the great thing about Refuge, um, another reason why I liked working there was they actually, the owners also own SS Brewtech. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So, so they know equipment well. Yeah. And then they started. <laughs> and probably have very good equipment They there. started making commercial equipment. And the great thing was like Refuge was kind of almost like a testing facility for that equipment. So I got to see like what worked and what didn't. And oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I feel like I had a, like, there were a lot of bumps in the road that I, dealt with like during my brewing experience um but I felt like that I had a pretty like in terms of education like it 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 was pretty great like all the things that I got to learn and experience like definitely helped um like round out my sort of knowledge I mean I worked with like big small old new um sort of thing so east west would they swap out 
equipment to test it or they just have like stuff off onto the side that where they were trying things out oh yeah once i learned the entire brew house like i like they put me on the brew house i started to learn it and then they swapped it out for a whole other brew house and it's like sweet <laughs> were they at least like more advanced ones or were they like where you had to completely relearn the piping and how to I, change i love ss brewtech because i feel like it's so user friendly and i feel like um i mean i've been i've used um, SS Brewtech, Premier, and now Browcon, and um, I think SS Brewtech was my favorite of the bit. Um, it's just really organized, <laughs> and I, I love organization. I mean, you have these, like, manifolds that come straight up with, like, all the valves right there, and it's just, I don't know, it's just, like I said, super user-friendly, so. Yeah, there, quite a few breweries in Maryland have SS Brewtech ones, and they are, like, they're very beautiful i love industrial mm -hmm. design and they everything is almost done artfully on a, on those systems yeah so when i was um we spent two days touring breweries and one of the days we had our kids with us so i was doing what one of the heated topics of the day of whether you should take kids to breweries or not but we didn't have a choice and if i'm in san diego area and that area, i'm gonna go around to breweries it was I loved Lost Abbey because they they just brought out buckets of sidewalk chalk and let our kids just draw all over the floor while we had a couple beers. That's awesome. I feel like a lot of breweries in San Diego are pretty kid friendly. Um, I wonder if that's the the demographics of who visits them is all families with with kids, so they almost have to, or they would lose a lot of business. A lot of places have like. I mean, I feel like a lot more places out there have more, like, spacious kind of tap rooms, um, or at least areas where it's easier to have kids yeah. run around. Um, I don't know, and I feel like that's just a part of San Diego is the breweries. So I think people just expect that, like, that's what people are going to do is, like, visit them, whether it's, like, you know, just some friends or, like, families um, checking out, but I think it's just a part of, like, the San Diego culture. I feel like back then, too, though, the backlash hadn't started. Yeah, okay. I know, like, some, some stuff ha has happened around here. I don't want to, like, mention any brewery specifically because I, like, don't want to... I don't want any, like, negative attention for them. I think that they did the right thing because I think that it became, like, a liability. Yeah, and uh, I, I, I mean, don't unions think, talked about it on yeah. the podcast before. Okay. And, yeah, I don't there, think, I don't think people no. understand that, though. Like, just because your kid is great, like, I'm sorry, like, other people's kids ruined it, yeah. you know? And, like, then rules have to be set. And, like, it's about safety. It's not about, yeah. like, screw almost, your kids. Almost every rule can be traced back to someone doing just something stupid and selfish. Mm -hmm. And for anyone who would that we were taking our kids around touring breweries because one complaint I see is like you shouldn't be taking your kids and drinking driving we had a designated driver I do not drink while I have my kids with me for the record sure because it, it's just funny the the debates anytime that's posted online about one of those things like it just devolves into this fight between pe like parents that do take their kids, parents who are against taking their kids and anyone who would take their kids, people who don't have kids who don't want to be around anyone's kids. And then, then there's always the bunch of people saying that you shouldn't be drinking around your kids. It's, it's funny how that like has become such a toxic subject lately. Yeah, I just think it's such like a, 
like a wide range of people though that I mean there's people like you who are, have a designated di- driver and I'm sure you're not like getting wasted on your kids I'm yeah. sure you're just like enjoying beer and that's almost like a good example to set for your kids where you're like hey we're like enjoying this beverage and we're not getting tanked and like yeah. you know we can appreciate something in, in, in small quantities but like I mean there's people that I know personally who like take their children and like let their children go play don't pay attention to them get drunk and then drive their kids home and yeah that that <laughs> I am firmly against but I also like I'm I'm in the camp of I rarely take my kids to breweries because typically if I'm at a brewery I just want to relax and I don't want to have to watch them so mm-hmm. I, I would rather just leave them with a babysitter or with their aunt or someone and I go relax a little bit and then go back to them sure so th- it was just recently that you came back to Maryland. Yeah, and like I posted about it that I was coming back and um, people were like kind of freaking out a little because they like thought something bad happened, but like it's really just kind of like a lot to explain. Um, I mean, without, I do try to give my girlfriend a little bit of like privacy when it comes to like my account. Um, So, I mean, she's, basically on a work trip for four months and our lease was up and um i couldn't afford a studio in san diego <laughs> it's i don't know how anyone lives ridiculously in san diego. expensive and um yeah so she was like why don't you just your mic just to, yeah she was like why don't you uh go move back home with your dad and i was like what you're crazy like drive across country <laughs> for four months like um, but I did it. So I got a really great opportunity out here with a brewery that I haven't qu- like quite announced yet. Um, I'm just sort of getting settled in still. It's been getting settled in at home and then also like at this brewery and, and sort of figuring out some things. Um, but it's been great. I'm really happy there. Um, but yeah, so I just decided so that was going to be my s- the brewery <laughs> you're at. Um, was going to be the second guest because at first I guessed Union because mm-hmm. I mean basically I just figured out who who it would that would have openings was mm-hmm. how I narrowed it down but who I didn't guess was who you actually went to and that was going to be my second guess I but I never either. made it um originally I was kind of like seeking out breweries that I had like a relationship with already and um that I that I loved and just thought it'd be like an easy easy for me to like kind of slide into their crew but um yeah Union offered um whatever they could like um but they didn't necessarily have like back of house availability and um that's ultimately what I was looking for and I was trying to do some like sort of here and there sort of thing um I was gonna work at Monument too a few days a week and yeah and then another um, great place mm -hmm. and then um I just I had a friend reach out to me who works at this particular brewery and was like hey come work with me like I want you to come work here like I think you'd really fit in and like you'd really like it and I was like I don't know I wasn't like too keen on their beer like years and years ago like when I lived here completely and different now though. yeah completely different and you probably just gave a major hint where you're at <laughs> it's fine <I'll, laughs> I mean that's fine but um yeah completely different now and like just the people are so nice everybody from like the production crew to like the people in the offices and the owners and like yeah, so I'm really happy there. Um, I've just been working hard to, like, they've been really open to, like, me bringing sort of my knowledge and collaborating with them. So we've been, like, kind of making some adjustments and, like, I don't know. 
Um, it's been good, but yeah, so I'm gonna be there until mid-November, and then I actually like, this is kind of the first time that I'm announcing this, but I'm gonna be in London um, for about oh, a month. Awesome. So, yeah, I got asked to come out and brew in London by this company or this brewery called Lane and like L-A-I-N-E and they own a bunch of brew pubs there and um, or not brew pubs, they, they own a bunch of pubs and then they have four like brewing facilities so I'm going to brew at each one and then we were talking about maybe doing some sort of like female beer thing while I'm there whether it's like a small sort of like festival or event um, just bringing some of the women in beer from around the UK to their um, their spot and um, they're gonna take me around to some breweries and go to some traditional places and like I'm gonna learn more about like cask traditional cask beers and so I've never do you like traditional cask beer <laughs> I've, I mean I've had like this stuff here in the US and I'm not sure how it compares to like you know the stuff yeah, over there I do not like it <laughs> it's um I like carbonation too much I think I is the too. main problem but I, I do think there's some styles that like I think it suits um but yeah, the, I mean, the first two, I, I did two cast beers when I worked at McKellar, and then the first two that I that I ever did, and I was actually pretty proud of them. They were in, like, the top three selling beers of the weekend both times, but um, one was, like, a Belgian-style, like, carrot cake beer. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm really excited. Like, I mean, Panama was the first time I left the country, and then London will be the second time, and I'm going to be there for a month, and... It's a good places to go to. Yeah, and then after that, the plan, I think, is to do Baltimore for Christmas, um, New York for New Year's, um, that's where my girlfriend's from, and then go back to California, and I don't know whether it'll be the Bay Area or San Diego, so. Did you go to the Panama Canal? Yeah. Actually, I have the distinction, thank you, of, uh, I have a family member who is banned from going through the Panama Canal. Why is that? So, he, he is, um one of the most interesting people I've ever met in my life. He's, he, there's been a history channel, um, special about him. He's like, he's my grandmother's cousin and he started life as a door to door vacuum salesman and then ended up as being like a real life Indiana Jones where he's a treasure hunter. And for a while he was doing deep sea salvage and this is what the history channel special was about where he found this old spanish ship and brought it up and there was all the gold and stuff on it and a lot of a lot of deep sea salvage involves shadiness like not being because you have to secure a lease for the area so there's he lied a lot and eventually to the point where like Panama, he's no longer welcome in Panama. And when they took over the canal, he's not allowed to go through there or he would be, I think he's wanted in Panama more or less, but he didn't want to say that because the last time he came back to the U S for a family, it was for a funeral. He had to sail his boat all the way down the tip of South America back up too because they wouldn't he wasn't allowed to go through the panama canal that's wild i thought you were going drug mule with that story and not like no treasure. no in fact it so i have um i have a bunch of pictures of this stuff and he's he's sent me some stuff like i have necklaces made from silver that he's pulled up um but he had this bar of gold that he said he carries with him all times because the 
the own I, I'm trying to remember the exact way he phrased it because it was hilarious. It was like the ownership of it is in limbo, so he makes sure he always has it with him. But he said it's like fifteen thousand dollars worth of gold, like if it was just melted down. But it was a bar made way back in probably the seventeen hundreds or maybe earlier, where they would just scrape like um, lines in the sand and then melt the gold into that, and that's how they would make the bars. So it, like, it wasn't smooth or anything. And the particular stamps that it had in it from the king and whatever family paid for the taxes on it for it to be brought back made it worth, I think he said like a half a million dollars. And that was probably another reason why it wasn't allowed through there because he said that there were people who strongly believed he didn't own it. That's <laughs> wild. So he's always, um, at some point when he's back in the U.S., I just want to put a camera in front of him and like just have him tell stories for a while. Because for the longest time, we, we thought he was full of it. We didn't believe the stories he was telling. Then one of my cousins, who was my age, when he got out of the military, went to go work for him as a deep sea diver. And the first time he came back, he's like, uh, buddy's stories are true. He's like, everything he tells is true because he's been attacked by pirates and like all kinds of crazy stuff. So you're like, ah, whatever, that's a cool story. But it turns out it was all real. That's awesome. Uh, and then, then there's me, I just work on computers and talk about beer. So I have not lived up to. Yeah, my uh, my Panama trip wasn't quite that um, adventurous, but. You're allowed back? You didn't <laughs> yeah. steal any gold from anyone? No, I have to go back because <laughs> I didn't get to play with sloths. Um, Apparently they have like sloth sanctuaries and, and aren't they disgusting them. though? I don't know. Like I thought I've always read like they're covered in moss and like smell real bad. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess if it's in a sanctuary, maybe they clean them. Maybe I don't know. They're cute and weird. And, and their claws are like razor blades or something like that. Well, apparently you can hold them, so I think it's I don't know. I think it's okay, but yeah, um, we just we had like a jam packed. We went there for a week and I felt bad. I didn't want to like impose on them because they invited me out and she's like, how long can you come for it? And I was like, I don't know, like, like, a, like five days or like a week. And, um, she's like, okay. And, um, so modern, let me go. Um, they gave me, you know, some time off and I went and collabed with them on a hazy IPA cause they're a little behind on the times there. Apparently so is London too. Um, that's what they tell me. And I've heard London's starting to explode, though. Yeah. So I, I recently recorded an episode with a guy from Sweden and one from Germany. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about the craft beer industries in both of those places. And it, we talked brief, briefly about um, England and the UK. And I said it's really growing there. Germany's way behind. And Sweden is almost like in step with the East Coast here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just... Um I I went over to Panama and like kind of helped them perfect their hazy IPAs and gave a little bit of like advice like did a little bit of consulting while I was collaborating and we went around and explored Panama we had like really great um, hosts really great tour guides we were at Boquete Brewing Company um, and it's like five or six hours from Panama City but it's in this beautiful like mountain town and um, yeah I'm excited to go to London and like check out that beer scene too um, that's what I told them is like I. I have no idea what your beer scene is like. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, I've never been over there and I just couldn't even like, I don't know, like just judging from their website, it seems like they have slightly more traditional styles than, um, 
than the U.S. does. You know, the U.S. is doing a lot of like hazies and pastry stouts and just, just throwing kinda, anything into yeah, beer. Yeah, but it's find. it's so saturated here that I think people are just doing whatever they think they can to stand out. Whether it's like making you drink your hazy IPAs out of a bowl or like <laughs> throwing fried chicken into I, a beer. I have enough trouble <laughs> drinking out of a glass without spilling it on myself that I haven't even attempted to drink out of a bowl. Um, what are your thoughts on, and I'll do it in air, air quotes, gimmicks used by breweries and beer? Because um, actually the current issue of our magazine, that was one of the topics I tackle, is, has craft beer jumped the shark because of all the gimmicks and yeah. crazy things being done? Um, it's, it's funny, the brewery that was like <laughs> the picture. But... Um, I don't know. I think it depends on like the gimmick. Um, I think when it, it, I think when it comes to things like, I think it can be fun. But I just think that if the brewery takes it too seriously, then it's like, well, it's like, I mean, throwing shit in the mash like fried chicken like doesn't even really do anything. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, that's if you're one just like making yeah, <laughs> <laughs> if you're just like making a joke out of it, it's one thing. If you're doing it all the time, it's kind of ridiculous um if there's some like joke you have behind it whatever or if like the whole glitter thing like i think i was i was talking about this recently and i think that should be done in like you know if a brewery's doing it all the time um i think it's kind of goofy but like if you're just doing it occasionally um i mean craft beer is supposed to be fun so like i think if it's not like harming anybody or making the beer terrible like taste wise aroma wise then um, why not? I mean, as long as you're not, like I said, as long as, as long as you, you're not like being serious about it, as long as you're not like, this is who we are. We're the brewery yeah. who does like all the fried chicken and the glitter and <laughs> the charcoal and yeah. I, and, and that's more or less the opinion I, I have is that if it's fun and the beer's good, then who cares? Mm-hmm. Like uh, to me, the whole reason I was drawn to craft beer is because it's fun. It's it's experimentation, and as long as the beer is good, I don't care all the side products. And if it made me laugh, then all the better. Yeah, but I think the, I mean, kind of referencing the whole like influencer thing or just being like getting a lot of attention on like social media. I've definitely noticed that like this niche is like. Um, people have a lot of opinions um everyone has opinions opinions. and (laughs) and they're rude about it and (laughs) like it just seems like people want to get riled up about things or or bitch about things and um i like to compare some of the craft beer people like that to like the comic book collector in the simpsons yeah <laughs> just like worst beer ever yeah just, just like which is a meme that is used often yeah like super negative and like just wants to like fight about stuff and really pretentious and um i don't know it's i just feel like there's a lot of like like attitudes and a lot of bullying and like it's silly because it's it's we're all adults well, I think as any niche becomes more popular and more and more people are brought to it, you don't have, although a lot of the people with the strong opinions are the like completely dedicated diehard fans, but 
as as something grows in popularity and more people are attracted to inevitably you're going to get so much more of that with the negativity part because the the parts i find frustrated about is that there's the i guess fanboyism that exists so much that if it's there are certain people that if it's not the brewery that they've decided that is their favorite then it's not okay for anyone else to do anything and then they'll attack and criticize that but if it's their brewery then anything can be done yeah and sometimes i honestly think that some people just like like some of the craft beer consumers who are hardcore into it and um or just like into the whole like community or whatever i that get super riled up i think that some of them don't even really i think they know what other people think are good beer and they just are like yeah this is a good one so i'm gonna like yeah get this or <laughs> yeah i think that some people don't even know what they're talking about um there's a lot of bandwagoning oh absolutely um i think that's a huge issue i think that i, I don't know i see that happen all the time it's so Actually, I think now would be a great time for us to take a break to thank our sponsors and possibly get another beer if you want yes. another one. Um, and then uh, we haven't even touched on the other part of craft beer that you're involved in, and that's your tremendously popular Instagram account. So um, when we come back, we'll start talking about that, what made you start doing that, and how, how you've grown to the point that you're at right now. Yeah, let's do it. A huge thank you to our presenting sponsor, Roast House Pub, which is located at 5700 Urbana Pike in Frederick, Maryland. If you have listened to this podcast before, you have definitely heard me go on and on about the beer dinners that Chef Nico creates. Simply put, they are amazing. But Roast House Pub has much more to offer. Their friendly staff is knowledgeable about beer and will help you choose from among the 20 beers they have on tap. In addition to the awesome beer selection, the food is always amazing. Make sure to follow them on Facebook, and check their website at www.roasthousepub.com to keep up to date on their constant stream of events. All right, so not only do you brew beer professionally, you also have a, a very large following on Instagram with the account Is Beer a Carb. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you get started doing that? Um, it's kind of a silly thing. Like, it was an accident, and I... I originally started the Instagram when I worked at Refuge. Um, I was friends with Christine, who does Women's Craft Beer Collective, Women's Beer Collective, and um, she was like, I was getting a lot of followers on Instagram um, for beer and brewing, and she was like, you should make a separate account, and I was like, I can't even manage this one account, I don't have time, and she's like, no, no, just like think about it, and I just started getting like hundreds of followers on my personal account, and I was like, well, they don't really care about what like color my hair is this week, or about my tiny dog, (laughs) I was like, so maybe I'll just make a separate one, because like my friends don't even know what the heck I'm posting when I post beer stuff, so, um, I decided to, and it took me like a week or so to think of a name because I wanted something like goofy, and that was kind of me. And uh, it's a mean girl's joke. I think some random people don't get it. Um, 
because they have horrible taste in movies. But <laughs> <laughs> um, it was almost a it was almost a um, clueless joke. Actually, it was almost you're a virgin who can't brew. But I thought that was kind of a mouthful, so I went with his beer carb. But um, yeah, so I made that, and then I had I think a thousand followers in about ten days. And oh, wow. yeah, I don't, I wasn't even doing anything. I didn't know how to like work Instagram. I was just like throwing pictures up. But if you go like the first, like, I don't even know, maybe like 50 photos I posted, like maybe have like three pictures of me in them. And it was a lot of like, you know, like I was mentioning before, just like picking blood oranges from the tree or the fruit we were going to use in beer or like me, like, like silly things with me being short on a brew house. Um, I don't know, all sorts of stuff, um, what grain we were using that day. And then um, it transitioned kind of slowly. I mean, there was a lot of processes still posted when I was at McKellar. And then um, modern times, it kind of dialed back because, like, I mean, it's a large production brewery. You're not really doing anything, um, like, exciting picture-wise yeah. there. But, um, Pushing buttons and <laughs> cleaning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it was just kind of an accident and it started taking off. And then I realized that some of my friends were like getting brought out to other countries and like doing really cool collaborations with people and um, honestly making a little bit of money. And as a poor brewer, I was like, that, that sounds great. So, um, I mean, like 99% of my stuff is like just organically posted like stuff that I just from my life. But yeah. um, I mean, there are there is stuff that I do collaborations or campaigns with brands and um i've told people in the past like i'll never work with someone that um i've turned down a lot of people like i'll never work with someone that i'm not that i'm not interested in their product or their brand i don't back them um anything like that so everything that i have posted like i would genuinely like use or or look into but um yeah i don't know then i made a lot of friends through it so like it's it's been like kind of it's been a lot of fun I've gotten to go to Panama because of it, like, because, you know, someone found me through that. Um, I'm going to London because I was found through there, too, and, and because of my brewing experience. Like, I mean, yeah. ultimately that, but, like, it was just easier to find me um, with that platform because everyone's on it. Um, but, yeah, I just, it's it's been yeah, a lot so of fun. So you're not just an influencer? Yeah. Because I kind of hate that I hate term. that word okay, so good. much, and I tried so, to, like, start <laughs> using content creator, and my girlfriend was like... You sound so stupid. <laughs> so um, I don't know. I like. I think I like content creator, but because you, it is. I mean, that's what it yeah, is. It's I just, just. I just dance around the term. And try internet not to photographer. Use it. Yeah, it all sounds <laughs> stupid. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't but know. So you, you do bring more to the table than just being an influencer because yeah. you you do have experience and I, knowledge with brewing. Yeah, and I ultimately like to say that it's. Um, just my experience in and with beer and that um it's just kind of a peek into my world and you know people try to tell me what it's supposed to be and people are like you don't do enough this or you do too much of that and it's like somebody recently was like she posts way too many vacation photos and I was like well I was just in Panama and (laughs) I was traveling cross country and like this isn't just about me brewing it's also about like me experiencing like you know, if I can shout out a small brewery like Boquete, like where I was in Panama, or 
um, some of my favorite brands or whatever, like then that's what I'm going to do. It's my Instagram. Like go somewhere else. I don't. So add, it, it, like people who follow you are. Uh, yeah, they have they have very big opinions on what I should should and shouldn't post. And I was like, well, this is my Instagram. It's my account, and like I don't ask anyone to follow me. I never have. Yeah. So like. Yeah, that's your. That's on you. That's <laughs> nice of them to let you know you're doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's. Uh, um. It's a lot of work too, and I don't think people understand that. I think that like, um, you know, just to stay consistent, and there's a lot more that goes into it than just throwing up a a, a nice photo. And I don't think people understand that. It's. Um, I actually almost got out of beer recently. Um, I mean, I'll touch back on that in a minute, but. I almost left beer completely to do a social media job and I don't have any experience in social media besides my account and running a few other accounts and I um, compiled a, a resume out of those and they said that I was extremely experienced and they were considering hiring me um, f for a decent salary and yeah I mean it's because I figured out the ins and outs of Instagram it's not just posting a, like a nice photo up it really isn't yeah <laughs> and um, I mean nice photos help for sure but there's a lot more that goes into it and then people well, I think that's I mean you I feel you have to have that foundation sure but it it but then you need all the you need all the things like the posting times and the correct yeah. hashtags and like sort of uh, interaction engagement like all the other things that go into it and um, which there's like a million different things, small things that all kind of add up. But and yeah. unfortunately, the um, the goal seems to move semi often. So it's not even like once you have it figured out that you can just keep doing that. It's oh, yeah. constant tweaking. I mean, right now engagement's down. Like we, I don't know. I started a group with a few of us, um, and we all sort of chat about it, and we all. We all vent about you guys, and we we, uh, we talk, but we share contacts, and and um, you know we're all just friends. So we just talk about random stuff, but um, yeah, we've been talking recently about how engagement is very much down. I'm definitely getting like at least a thousand you know likes less than I usually do, but I don't really care. I mean, um, what's that? I mean, I don't have nearly the following you do, but I've definitely seen that also, where I went yeah. from like 400 or so likes and a bunch of comments on every post down to between one and 200 likes yeah, it's everyone it's not just us and it's um you know you can kind of go on reddit or other social media sites and, and see people talking about it um to confirm it but yeah it's i don't i don't know they've switched it up again on us so whatever but so the how how long has it been since you really focused on and maybe that's not even the right way to put it but uh, just growing but, it you mean yeah um i so i started about two years ago um and i would say that i really focused on it maybe a year ago um i think it took a while with like trial and error to figure things out um and it definitely helped like kind of chatting with my friends about what worked for them and what didn't and sharing my experiences. But I'd say maybe in the past year I've kind of focused on it. And I mean, a lot of good things have come from it. And then a lot of like recently it's been a lot of like, I feel like I'm like fighting on the internet <laughs> with people. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, that's one of the reasons I guess what, like one of the things we're going to talk about today. Yeah. That, so that's probably a good segue. <laughs> um, I think 
do you is that a constant um a thing that you'll hear where uh people just accuse i mean me not or claim that the only reason you have a following is because you're a woman that yeah i mean on the internet and off the internet so i've worked at a few places that, like i won't name but um where i've had coworkers who are jealous and i'm like well you sit there and spend like two hours a day you know working on your instagram or working on your whatever it is you know and and watch it grow like i put time into this and and that's why it grows and i think it's goofy because like you're upset that I get attention on Instagram, but that's not even the important thing. Like, all I want to do is, like, be taken seriously, like, in the brewing world. And I am by most people, but there's a lot of people who still have that, like, really sexist view. Um, and, you know, it's just, it's spoken out loud. And that's what I deal with. And I, I deal with people who tell me to smile more um, or people who look me up and down and ask me if I can even lift things or... You know, people who say things... I feel like that that's one of the things listed is, like, the top condescending thing you can say to a woman is the, the smile more. Yeah. And, like... Because I don't think I've ever in my life been told I should smile more. Exactly. <laughs> and, like, I, I don't think people understand... I think there's a lot of people that don't understand that what they're saying is sexist. I think that they're just kind of repeating things. Yes. Or they... And, and that's another reason why I speak up is because I want to educate people. I don't want to sit there and like cuss someone out or tell someone they suck. Like, I mean, my ultimate goal is to educate someone on why what they said or did was wrong. And I don't ever ask for people to get fired for what they did unless like they are very set in their ways and, and, you know, aren't open to understanding like more about the problem or what they said and are unwilling to recognize that what they did was wrong yeah exactly but like you know if they can't then like then maybe it was you know maybe you should have gotten fired (laughs) but um so maybe this uh, i think you're probably alluding to the recent brew bound uh yeah i'm alluding to that and one other thing but we can start with that we'll start with the brew bound um podcast where they they um read through a list of uh, an uprocks list of influencers that you should follow and actually i have a clip the clip from it so we can just play that um this was episode 44 of the Brewbound podcast and it was the episode where they um interviewed julie Verratti to talk about denizens expanding and diversity in craft beer so this is this was after they introduced, um, this isn't the entire clip, this was after they introduced what they were talking about and that it was um, the, the list, and this is uh, as they were analyzing the list. Okay, so there's one legitimate one on here, and that's black brew culture, like super legit follow, right? Yep. And then you start scrolling down, and the second one is Corey Smith from Good Beer Hunting, you're like, all right, this is gonna be a pretty decent list. And then it just like, goes to shit and it's all chicks who basically take photos of themselves in like low cut tops with beer more or less am i wrong uh, looking at these photos you're not wrong and that's i mean that's basically what it is it's like one hoppy lady big world small girl beer bitty is beer a carb i mean it's like you know girls in tight clothing and bathing suits and low cut i mean 
Listen, Zach. Some of these <laughs> photos. Don't make it so obvious, dude. Some of these photos of the women, their their face isn't even in the photo, but their chest in the beer is. So, but apparently those are the ones worth following. The, the ones where we're just looking at chicks. So you want to get ahead in life on Instagram, be a girl posting with beer? I don't know. So I would say, uh, before I get your reaction, I wanna, I'll give mine. Um, I think almost every account on that list I had already followed. Um, and he's right, Black Brew Culture is definitely worth following. Mike Potter is awesome. I've interviewed him before, great guy. But I wouldn't say that it was the only legitimate one. Um, I know a couple of the people on the list. I mean, obviously I didn't know you, but I communicated with you a few times before. And, like, even on the list, um, like, for the example shown for you on the article, it was that scandalous photo of you in overhauls, I think, filling a barrel. So, like, so like my first thought was uh, you probably should have done some more research into this list that you made <laughs> that uh, some of them are professional brewers. Um, big world, small girl, I've met her in person before she's who taught me how to like use instagram properly and that's the only reason i have any following at all is because i started listening to her um so i i thought it was ridiculous um so what were your thoughts when you first listened to that and i'm assuming you you found it after it had been posted about show like the yeah, I think I was one of the first people who found it. Like after, after, like I was one of the first people who like um, noticed that we were tagged in Justine's stories. Is what I mean. Like Justine was the one who I feel like really alerted everybody, and then um, <laughs> I was just adjusting to East Coast time. I like was so tired, and it was like really late. And I remember like seeing her tags or whatever and reading it and I was furious like I was furious because I mean I deal with this all the time and like I mean just any sort of discriminatory sort of things get me pretty like riled up um but I was mad because I was like that's not who I am like what yeah. they said it's not who I am but what if it was like what if I was a woman who wore tight clothes or post a lot of like bathing suit shots like why would that have anything to do with my knowledge of beer? Like, can I not, like, wear that type of clothing and have that be my style and not know about beer or not even what if I was still, like, myself as a brewer but I just wore, like, tighter low-cut tops? Who cares? Like, are you the clothing police of beer, Chris? Like, yeah. <laughs> I just... Not me, Chris. Chris is the name of the... <laughs> not you. <laughs> the, no. The host um, of that podcast. Yeah, and, like... <laughs> At least um, I hope that's what you mean. No. Um... <laughs> I just, like, I don't know. I have a lot of feelings about it. Um, and, yeah, it's it's really crazy that, like, the, the women that he did name, like, don't really have photos like that on their page. Yeah, that was in, a, in how I explained it to some. Like, a lot of several of those accounts, like, if you scroll through them, like, the the women who run the accounts, yes, they're, they're all photos of them but they're wearing like mainly business casual attire, like stuff that would be completely acceptable to wear at a conservative 
uh, company. But how marketing works anyways is like you get more of a response from people when you have people in your photos, yeah. regardless of whether it's like, and, and that's why I feel like people can relate a lot more or feel more connected when I post things if I'm like hey here's me like at this brewery instead of like here's another photo of a glass of a beer next to a can like yeah how many accounts out there are like that who cares like and like it's just um I don't know I don't I don't promise anything with my account either I don't promise like in-depth reviews or anything my accounts like just my experience with beer and like I said like I don't I don't know like what what I why what I wear has to do with my knowledge or my credibility and like there are men with accounts where they're in the shower with like cans covering themselves and they're naked and they're dumping beer on themselves and like I know they're doing it in sort of like a fun way or yeah. like they're not doing it in whatever but a sexualized like, what more a mocking but, but it's still a, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah it's still the same end result so the reason why it's sexist is like if you're going to call us out then why aren't you calling those guys out and like um it's and i and this is my personal opinion like i know that people feel different different ways about this but i think there's a line i think that it really comes down to like what's your intention with this photo you know, are you posting it because, like, you're trying to, like, flaunt something and the beer's not the main focus, but you claim to be a beer account? And, like, that's fine. Like, you do you. But, like, it's, for me, it's, like, that's what I don't like in beer. Um, do you have a problem with with the women who do that? Um, or are you still... It's a line for me. Like, I have found some accounts that, like it's like very sexual photos yeah. with beer and that's like beer that's not even that great and it's like it's seriously like in between their butt cheeks and i'm just <laughs> <laughs> and i'm just like i i have no words but um but like i said that's them if people want to follow them then then go for it but like the accounts that were listed are nothing like that. They're Not nowhere, nowhere close. And actually, like, um, I think a girl rates beer. Beck was listed in there, right? I think so. Yeah. And she actually posts pretty intelligent reviews of the beer whenever she is posting pictures. Yeah. And is also always wearing things that she, like that I think anyone would be allowed to wear to work. Yeah, it's, I mean, just don't reduce me to, like, a set of boobs and, like, a pretty face. And, like, I mean, that's another thing that I feel like I've had an issue with is, like, just because, like, people see me as, like, <laughs> I don't want to sound conceited. Because people think I'm pretty or something, like, that means I can't possibly be in beer or do a dirty job and, like... I'm just going to tell you when I'm at work, I am like not, <laughs> not looking cute. Like I have horrible skin. My hair is frizzy. It's on top of my head. Like, you know, and I don't want to share those photos because it's something I'm self-conscious of. And like, I'm sure you don't share stuff that you're self-conscious of. So like, why should I have to just to prove that like, I know about beer that I have to be like unattractive to like know about beer. I, <laughs> it's just stupid. Like, so and, I was, um, I was, I was curious to, um, from the, and obviously the, my following, um, is going to be different. The people who follow me are probably different than the people who follow you. I'm sure some overlap, but I'm going to have a different audience. 
Um, but I went through and I looked because there, there, there are plenty of photos in my feed that are of, of women with beer in it, like someone that I was with. or um, So I was wondering if those photos were liked more. And um, they were actually pretty low on the list of my liked photos. There's um, there, one of the breweries in Frederick, uh, Old Mother. For some reason, my followers love the owner of Old Mother. If, if he's in a photo I post, people love it. But one of my most liked photos is a photo of me. And I'm by no means attractive. I'm just your average fat white guy with a beard. And so non-scientific. But I felt that kind of proved them wrong, too, that... I think people want to know you. I think people want yeah. to know the person behind the account. And um, it's just like a psychological thing where I think they feel more connected. And yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be able to do to be successful on the other accounts that I run using like similar marketing tactics if it was just all about, you know, me being like some sexy woman with a beer. And I think uh, I think what you said too before it's somewhat jealousy and people not understanding that it is actually a lot of work to build an Instagram following. Yeah, I tell people that I have like um, multiple jobs and I consider it a job because I spend several hours a week putting work into it and making sure that it's consistent and like runs and like whatever. So I. I I'm, I'm thinking some of it may stem from um, people looking at your account, seeing with like 24,000 followers and thinking that the only reason you amassed that following was because you're just posting your picture, pictures of yourself with beer or that other accounts that have large followings are doing the same thing, but don't realize that behind the scenes you're studying analytics and tailoring when you post what you post hashtags you use all around information in that most likely if you weren't doing those things that um you would not have a large following yeah and i don't like i'm not gonna sit there and explain that because it's just stupid <laughs> and like because i don't owe anybody that yeah if you don't like it then don't follow me which but, is also like, like the end result like just yeah, if you have a problem with it, then just don't follow. Yeah, and, like, you know, I almost want to sit there and make that argument that, like, um, you know, that I am a brewer and and that I have brewed for some reputable breweries and, like, that's why people follow me or should follow me or that's why I'm not like whoever else. But, like, brewers are, like, only one piece of the puzzle and everybody's important. Like, we wouldn't... I wouldn't be able to do my job if I didn't have consumers buying the product and the people buying the product and enjoying it. Like there's a lot of very intelligent people out there, like just as consumers and like, why does their opinion not matter? So like, why does a you know, cause I think most, a lot of those women were like maybe 50, 50 were like industry people and like yeah. some weren't. And why does it matter? Like, you know, some of them were in marketing and some of them were beer tenders. And like, we all have different experiences in beer. We all love beer. That's like the one thing we have in common. And like, why aren't we just like supporting each other instead of constantly tearing each other down and making it harder for each other? Um, yeah. And I would, um, an another example I'd give 
to my own account was that until uh, Caitlin, big world, small girl, taught me how to use Instagram, the after the first uh, through the first year, I had maybe like three, four hundred followers. No, it was like around six hundred followers. And um, once I started doing what she told me to do and paying attention to the things she told me to pay attention to. I, I instantly started adding hundreds of followers a week and grew my account by in the, a few months, like by 6,000 people. It's not so rocket it, science. Yeah. It, well, it's, I mean, wait, it's definitely not rocket science, but it's not, it's not super complicated, but it is kind of like you have to put in the, yes. Yeah. It's yeah, not it's rocket not, science, but it's definitely work. So, um, and I didn't change the type of photos that I was, but actually the only thing I changed, I posted more photos of myself, which I'm just another white guy with a beard drinking beer, but Instagram's algorithm prefers people. So, and, uh, uh, I mean, craft beer Ray has more followers than I do. And he's a guy like, (laughs) so I, I just don't get the, the argument here. I don't get like the validation behind what they're saying. Um, is, is what I'm saying, but... But then also boiling down to the first thing you said, like, even if that were the case, who cares? Yeah. If that's what you're doing. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think that there were a lot of people who, like, thought that it was kind of blown out of proportion by us, and, and I don't think that's true. I think that this was an example of, like, sex sexism because it was, I mean, take it and replace it with men. You never hear people saying it about men, and men are are essentially like their accounts doing the same sort of things if not more exaggerated and like if there's not comments being made about them then that's sexism if you're focusing on you know yeah on a certain group of people now do you feel i think it still hasn't been confirmed whether the end result is he's not no longer chris fern i can't remember fernari fernari no longer works for rebound um whether he was forced to resign or he was um, let go uh, I'm, it's not really clear but do you, do you feel like that should have been the end result because of this um, I mean like I said previously like if he couldn't learn a lesson if he couldn't understand why what he said was wrong and then like be kind of like wow maybe I should you know maybe I should have said something differently or, or not said that or um, or understood like I said, I just understood why. Like, I think yeah. that's what's important. And I I did really appreciate that John, like, the CEO, like, reached out to me and directly apologized, and so did Justin. And that's really all I wanted. Like, make your public apology, because, like, you have to. You yeah. know, people are looking at you. But, like, you specifically referenced individuals. And, like, that was I mean, my that first issue with the Brewbound apology that they initially put out was, like that they didn't even they just kind of apologized to their fans and like yeah. audience and i was like hello yeah, it, <laughs> like, it didn't reference the people that they yeah listed you already all. referenced us like it, you can you yeah. can reference us again and like directly apologize and they did so i appreciate that but um and that definitely lends towards that um they weren't play, paying lip, lip service with their first apologies if they were reaching out individually and apologizing yeah. that definitely makes it um, seem like they, they do genuinely apologize for that happening. And Chris was the only one who didn't. So, like, I mean, the only thing I can sort of speculate from him not reaching out um, and the fact that he's no longer with them is that he either 
they either like fired him, like he was asked to leave, or um, they gave him an ultimatum. Like that's sort of what I speculate from that because like, why would you leave if you're like, okay, cool, I can, I, I fucked up, you know, I can, I can do whatever you need me to do to rectify this and to take steps to like change whatever I did or better myself. <laughs> like, why would you leave? Um, I don't know. So I've recently, um, I don't know if you've done it at all, but there are a few accounts that have started shaming uh, people for the messages that get sent to your accounts. Um, is, is that common or like the... What sort of messages? Like ridiculously pr- propositional type messages or just super condescending see here's the thing is i will call out sexism and like actual bullies every time i'll like i will fight for that because that's something that i like am passionate about for just like equality and just everybody to whatever but when it comes to trolls or when it comes to crap like that i just block it and i delete it (laughs) it's just it's not worth your time and like ultimately what those people want is attention like um i don't think chris or justin like wanted attention for what they said yeah i feel like i should be clear i don't i'm not i'm not connecting any dots between no no that those types of messages and the brew bound no i'm saying like they're different things i'm saying what justin and kendall or sorry justin and chris said i think that they just like kind of were like talking shit and like that's kind of how they felt yeah at least a little bit and like these guys like their goal is like attention you know like they they, they'll say anything to get your attention and i think it's stupid just move on with your life just like don't pay them any mind because that's all they want and you're just gonna they're just gonna keep thinking it's funny and to rile them up so like any sort of trolls or any sort of dudes who like say that crap just like just shut it down is like is that a constant thing you have to deal with too or is it It not a huge issue no i i definitely get messages probably like once at least once a week that are just like um gross i guess is how you could say it or or just like overstepping boundaries like creepy not like sexually gross but like in a way that's just like i don't know i used to get people who would like tell me they saw me walking through the modern times tap room and like stuff like that and i'm like okay like (laughs) um what what's your point and um unless you're just gonna say like hey how's it going like in in public or like you know that's different don't make it sound stalker where you're like i saw you and like i was starstruck and like i've literally got one of those messages before and i was like it's fucking weird yeah yeah, I think maybe some people just don't know boundaries, boundaries very well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of what you open yourself up to when um, you have a following on the internet. Like, people are gonna, people are gonna message you, and people are gonna critique you, and people are gonna troll you, and like, it's just gonna be a, a part of your life. But it's just how you respond to it, and it's picking your battles. Yeah, and but I I think that that kind of plays into the sexism too though I mean obviously I have a much smaller following than you but I don't receive any of those messages 
like, I don't have. Um, it's also being it's, a woman. I mean, that's what I mean. Like, I don't. I, it, it plays directly into it. No one has. Uh, like telling me I'm doing something wrong and the reviews I leave for beer are horrible because I don't have a refined palate whatsoever so like I taste a beer and I can say this is good this is bad and like, I'm not picking out flavors or things yeah um, I, don't, I don't know I mean part of the reason why I was happy to leave Baltimore was the street harassment like as a young woman I couldn't walk like five minutes down the street without somebody yelling something at me like living in Baltimore City and in like San Diego, cat calling. Yeah, or? and in San Diego, so I that can, doesn't work. <laughs> I mean, I feel like maybe if you keep trying, <laughs> somebody will. But I've had people. I've, I, anytime I've ever witnessed that, I've always wondered, like, how, like, has that ever in your life worked, or are you purely just an animal that needs to yell at people? <laughs> I, I think they're hoping one day that it does. <laughs> yeah, that one woman's just going to be like, what? What'd you say? <laughs> what about my butt? Like, yeah, <laughs> let's go on a date. Um, no, I. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I really needed to leave Baltimore. I was so angry because I had to put this, like, I was so angry with just getting catcalled all the time. Like, it just put me in a shit mood. And then also, like, I felt like I had to put on this, like, angry look and like walk a certain way to where to not be approachable yeah to not be approachable and like you know people still approach me and i'm skeptic you know like what what do you want what do you want from me (laughs) like it's like an east coast thing but um it's like you can't possibly be like talking to me because like you i don't know you want to be a normal person have a normal conversation it's like what do you want from me but yeah i mean just being a woman like that's something that we deal with all the time and like i don't I don't necessarily think you're going to change it by, like, responding to the men and, like, putting them on blast. Like, I think you should just ignore them. Just, like, let them realize, like, you don't give a shit. Yeah. We, I get it's the, um, like, the bully mentality advice. Like, don't give them the pleasure of yeah. showing that it affected you. That's what I noticed with catcalling, too, is that when I responded, that they got a kick out of it. Like, if I cussed them out... If I did, if I respond in any way, like positive or negative, um, they got a kick out of it. But if I just ignored them, that's when they really hated it. Got boring or... Yeah. yeah. It got boring or like they just got angry at me, which is not necessarily a good thing. But y- yeah, um, I think I think ignoring that or whatever is the, the best way to go about it. So have you, have you faced a lot of that... It, in the other aspect of your craft beer life in actually maybe even just in drinking culture and hanging out in places or as a brewer is is it is there a a lot of sexism that you've or is it a lot of uh, are you sure you can lift that keg type of thing um yeah i mean i'll i'll repeat some of like or reference some of the like most standout things that i've gotten and like pardon my language um but yeah i mean this the you need to smile more thing has has been a thing or i have been um reprimanded for smaller things in a bigger way versus people at a brewery who have um screwed up and made a bigger mistake and it was just laughed off and those were like my male coworkers. um but i mean I had a boss at a brewery who told everyone that he was going to fuck me straight 
Um, so even as like a, as a gay woman, it's been something that I've dealt with. And then I've had another boss at the same brewery who that is ridiculous. Yeah, who said um, that um, he was going to milk that dyke for all she's worth. Um, somebody apparently like what I was told wanted me fired because they didn't like me because I like I kind of I like structure and I like um, organization. I like communication as a team. Like. I want to just like ultimately work hard and make the best beer possible at the end of the day. And I want to like, you know, all ridiculous goals, know know whether parts are dirty or clean. If you're running a tank and like running a CIP on a tank and you walk away, like what ports did you hit? What needs to happen? Like how long has it been going? Like I just want communication. And because I was like asking for these, these basic things, I was called like a bitch and I was kind of in a leadership position and people just called me a bitch because I, I think I was getting them in trouble for repeatedly not doing what they were supposed to do and I think someone tried to get me fired and that was the the boss's response was I'm gonna milk that dyke for all she's worth so um yeah I don't want to name that brewery yeah, yeah. but they hired That's an HR team after I left so I mean that kind of says something pro- that was probably a smart move on their part yeah. <laughs> um so one thing you you had said earlier was about um places where there aren't that many women working or especially as brewers is do you think that is mainly a function of walls built from allowing women into the industry or also a function that it's not it's not an aspiration of a lot of women um i think it's changing like i think that initially women um didn't think of it as an option or women didn't feel welcome and I mean for good reason I feel like men didn't sort of allow them in the space or let them feel welcome I I feel like they were probably like a lot of bartenders or whatever else but um, I think that more and more women are um, realizing that they can they can do whatever they want um, job wise and I think um, more women are um, getting drawn into craft beer like as you know a passion as an interest and I think people are wanting to make careers out of it and people are sort of moving into it and I have a lot of people who message me um, a lot of women and a lot of men but mostly women who like ask for advice for me on how to get into it and um, I think it's just about persistence I think it's different everywhere I was sort of explaining to you earlier that on the west coast um, I feel like I've experienced a lot more issues than on the east coast I feel on the east coast I've been more welcomed um it's been like more of a family where on the west coast there's a lot of attitudes and there's a lot of egos and like a lot of sexism and um i feel like i feel like women also feel like there can only be one of us like i feel like sometimes when we get into a brewery setting there's a lot of um i don't know we're just like oh shit like another girl's hired like now i have to like you know really step up and like um like sort of do better than her or just like kind of be shitty to her and like like squeeze her out of the you know of the brewery I don't know where in my experience like I've worked at breweries like that and then I've also worked at breweries um where I worked with I worked with this one girl named Jenny who was a a seller person and, and she was great and like we worked together really well and that's what I'd like to see more of but I feel like it's changing um, I feel like women are just pitted against each other. I just feel like we feel like there's not room for more than one. Yeah, that was when my next question was: Is that um, is that feeling 
enforced by like external factors, people's behaviors, or is that like in coming in from internal where it's because it's such a struggle being a woman that you feel like you have to compete more with other women? I feel like it's everything. I feel like I feel like it's men being sexist and not realizing that they're being sexist. I think it's just like the way society is and I think that like we all think that we're getting better and I think that we slowly are, but I think people think we're getting I think people think we're getting a lot better than we actually are. I think that people don't realize some of the things that they say aren't okay um, or make people feel a certain way. Um, like as women and I think that women have been taught you know over time that those things so I think it's just been like passed down and it's just been sort of this like standard um, that's been set and I think people don't question it because it's sort of just like ingrained in them so they don't even realize it's a problem yeah well I think there's what I would hope like some of those um, interactions with bosses that you just listed that no one would think that those were okay and not recognize those as uh, serious harassment um i mean they they don't even say it to me they say it to other people so i think that they're like think that they're just being like dudes palling around and they don't realize the severity of it like i don't think that they like i think that they should have stopped and thought hey what if this woman hears this what if this person hears this you know how would they feel about it or like how is this translated if it's taken seriously um, I think that I don't I don't think that they're being entirely s- serious I think that, that it's like this like douchey dude thing that they're just trying bro, to like bro culture yeah kind of like, that and they're trying to like be like this cool dude and um, this guy like who's like in charge or in power and just like trying to brag and like um, I don't know but yeah I take it very seriously so um, yeah do you feel like um, cause you said you've been in the industry for four years now, right? Is that yeah, roughly? about like four, four and a half. So has in that time frame, do you feel like it has improved some, or is there still no. so far to go that it's if there has been any improvement, it's not noticeable? I think it's I think it has a really long way to go. I mean, at least on at least in certain areas. Um, like I said, like the East Coast has been a lot more. Um, inviting or welcoming or um just supportive and i'm i am appreciative to have a network of like women across across the world really but like i guess ones that i'm closer with in the u.s who you know i can vent to or we can we can talk about things and we can kind of come together and um you know i've been i was saying earlier that how important collaboration is and i think like it's a collaborative effort of like us to um i feel like we have to sort of initiate that change like or that conversation or and it's it's just an educational thing it's just a teaching moment like i like i said i think people don't understand what they're saying is wrong or what they're doing is wrong yeah. and like I think if you were to sit someone down and explain it, they might be like, oh, shit, like, I didn't see it as that, you know? I, I think that people need to broaden their perspectives a little bit and put themselves in other people's shoes. And, um, yeah, so I'm hoping that with, like, other women and, like, and men supporters, you know, that I, I, I do have a lot of, 
like male friends and supporters like in this industry or just consumers like whatever people who enjoy beer and like so I mean they shouldn't be unnoticed at all like I, I've definitely had a lot of close guy friends who have been pretty awesome too so so what what do you think would be the number one thing that could be done to make it better and and, and I say that fully recognizing that any any group shouldn't have to come up with a solution for other people's problems that they're facing. But like, if you could give advice to a brewery to make sure that they don't have problems to the extent that you've described, it, what could be done I think to help with that? Especially for the people like where you reference where they don't they don't even recognize that what they're doing is sexist or I think like two things can be done I mean as like kind of silly or as drastic as it sounds I think that there could be some sort of training um where like you sort of recognize like what's the correct or incorrect thing being said and why and then um I think a really important thing would be for like the HR team or the bosses or whoever to um, at least just like tell the the individual or woman like you know whether it's like sexism or you know some of the many other issues like um, homophobia or racism like in beer or whatever like just listen to the person just like don't just be like it's in your head because I've had people tell me like that's in your head that's not happening that's not a thing and it's like it, like it definitely is and it, and it's really frustrating when when you feel like you don't have support like when yeah, you're I can imagine. by a boss or or hr or whoever else and like i think just like having a conversation just listening to that person and and their concerns and being like all right well this is how you feel not necessarily being like you're right you're right you know what i mean that person sucks it's like it's being like this is how that how you feel i understand why you would feel that way um, what can we do to rectify that situation, you know, and yeah. then have that discussion with that individual. Like actually listen and show concern instead yeah. of instead of like blowing just, it off just jumping on someone's side, you know you don't have to be on sides, you can like actively listen to people and like, and come up with a solution I think that's good advice <laughs> um, so the lost my train of thought um so you're you're in maryland for four months till mid-november yeah okay. so like four months and that's when you're off to london mm -hmm. and that that is from the the um that was an opportunity presented to you from instagram yeah i mean they reached out to me via email but they found my yeah. email through instagram okay. um so how do i get that i want a trip to london <laughs> um <laughs> Well, get, get better at Instagram. They want me to come through. <laughs> so that, so I mean, that would be useless. First, <laughs> you should spend about four and a half years yeah. brewing. Um, no, it's just um, they invited me out because um, they saw like a really awesome collaborative opportunity um, to bring someone from another country because um, they said they're behind on the beer time. So just to sort of... Um, I don't know, I'm going to write recipes with them, and um, I think we're just going to share knowledge um, from different parts of the world. And then 
they also really want to focus on that that female that like women in beer sort of thing they said that their beer scene there um is really weak as far as like female involvement and um they kind of want to boost it and then um yeah so it 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 does (laughs) it does help to be a woman sometimes but like i mean if you think about it what i'm going over there to help do is to help bring more women into beer and why are women not in beer in the first place so um do you think the big pink boot society has helped a lot sure i mean it's definitely like a space for women where they feel comfortable and they can get education and i know they do scholarships and i know they do a lot of great stuff i am not a member and and um it's because i've always had a weird brewing schedule um so i've i just didn't feel like it was um, something that I was able to like put time and effort into. Yeah. Um, I'd like to be a part of it one day. Um, I would think it also because um, a lot of the breweries that participate make a big de- like a promotional deal about it. So it probably helps introduce the idea of um, of careers in brewing to women who may not necessarily have ever thought of that. Yeah, I mean, anything that promotes any sort of positivity in the realm of, like, women being involved in thing, in things or just, like... And it's, it's not even, like, women getting all the attention. It's just about them trying to get to, like... It's just about us trying to get to, like, an equal platform to where, like, this isn't even a conversation. Yeah, and I... I like the way you phrase that because I think that's um, a problem in some people's minds where they feel like women getting ahead in something means that established men have to then fall. But that's not the case and that's not what people are aiming for. It's just creating equality. Yeah, I think that people feel a little threatened because they're they're getting the wrong impression and it's it's about collaboration over competition i think that you know we as women have different palettes and we have different um experiences and things that we can bring to the table that we can work together with men to you know make better beer or um to create a better work environment we're not trying to um take anyone's jobs or um anything like that we just want to be we just want to be there with you guys, you know. Um, do you have anything else coming up you want to talk about? Um, not really. Um, I'm excited. I mean, I'm excited to go down. I'm going to try to go to the beach this next weekend and, and see my friends at Dogfish Head and, and Miss Pillion. And I haven't seen them in like a year and a half. And then um, so I'm going to do that. And then If you run into Sam, tell him I'm still waiting for him to reply to my email. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then... Um, Um, I also would really, I mean, speaking of the whole topic of like women in beer, in beer, there's like a festival coming up. It's called Beer Without Beards. Um, and it's put on by Hop Culture in New York. So I might try and head up to that and like network with some, some ladies up there and some people up there. So cool. Yeah. I've seen it. Was last year the first year of that or was it the second year? I don't year? know. I, I, I know last year happened because I remember seeing it and being bummed that I was on the West Coast and couldn't make it out. But now I'm like in proximity to it, like a, a f- quick bus ride. So, Well, thank you so much for uh, meeting up with me at Sapwood Cellars uh, and 
spending so much time this morning. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. This is actually my first podcast. <laughs> uh, we did very well at it. Um, probably better than I did. I still, I like. We like to use the tagline that we're almost professional. I um, like it. I'm into it. <laughs> right, um, so thank you for joining us. Cheers. Cheers. The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cohen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook. And if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening. Oh my God, that's good.